your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. Bills Matthew, what's going on? Mike Lindsley here with the Pandemonium Podcast, as you heard in the intro, and we have got a tremendous show for you. We are going to first talk to football great and college football analysts and NFL analysts, Ryan Leaf, in terms of what he sees in Josh Allen right now, the game against Miami, hurdles and all the rest. And then we're going to chat uh, some more Buffalo Bills football, of course, with Mike Catalana, my friend from 13 Wham and Buffalo Plus YouTube and uh, get his breakdown of the Miami game, a preview of the Ravens game, uh, the injuries, everything in between that's going on in Bill's land right now. But uh, let's waste no more time. Second pick in the 1998 draft, and of course had a tremendous career at Washington State. Played the NFL for the Chargers, Bucks, Cowboys, and Seahawks, and now is doing an amazing, amazing job covering the game of football, both on the collegiate level and the pro level. And you can, of course, follow him on Twitter. He's a must-follow, at Ryan D. Leaf. Ryan, thank you so much for a few minutes here, and uh, how's everything going? I'm good. I'm good. You know, exciting times. Football season's uh, in full full force. Uh, I'm loving that every weekend. So, yeah, busy, but, but loving it. Yeah, it's there's just nothing like football in this country right now. This is a Buffalo Bills podcast, and the Bills had a tough game against the Dolphins, obviously, with so many things working against them. But number 17, the quarterback, almost won it on his own. You being a former quarterback, you you seeing the position as well as you do now as an analyst, just how hard was that job for Josh Allen in Miami? Well, it's incredibly hard. I mean, defense is a huge part of this, right? And and, and the expectations are so high for this team, right? They're expected to win the Super Bowl this year. And so to go out and do it week in, week out, um, you know, I'm worried a little bit though that that he's going to be a little he's going to be overwhelmed. He hasn't seemed to be that way as of yet, but but things are going to get tougher, right? You're going to be without more players. Big part of 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 staying lucky is is keeping guys healthy, and he needs that defense to be the best possible version of, of Josh Allen, right? Uh, if I were uh, a Bills fan, I, I would be a little concerned about their lack of, of red zone efficiency. In this game, I mean, 90 plays run versus 39, and they were only able to uh, essentially generate 17 points on the offensive side of the football. That's 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 something that you probably have to be concerned about. But uh, I don't think you have to be concerned about Josh Allen at any point along the way, other than maybe getting you know overwhelmed because he's being used too much to try to win games for this football team. What what do you see? I mean, if you had to describe this guy playing quarterback for the Buffalo Bills to somebody who was, like, new to football. They were foreign to the game. How would you describe Josh Allen, the player? Well, my wife does this all the time. She She's a huge Josh Allen fan. And this is how she explains Josh Allen to people that don't know. She says, he's crazy. He's just nuts. He just does everything. And finally, this Bills teammate said, oh, this dude's just crazy. Let's get on board. That's how she explains it. And, and it makes a lot of sense. Like, the dude will do anything. He'll stiff arm a linebacker. He'll run through a, a, a tackler. He'll he'll drop back and sit in the pocket and throw 50-yard touchdown passes. I mean, the guy does everything. And um, I think the first time she ever really sat down and watched him was in the matchup against the Houston Texans in that playoff game where he was just kind of, you know, all over the place. You know, take you had to take the good with the bad when it came to Josh Allen. And I think everybody's just accepted. This dude's crazy. 
Uh, he's going to do everything he can to win a football game. So we're getting on that train with him. How hard is it in a game, though, when, you know, a defender, you know, leaps up and kicks you where the sun doesn't shine. You've got a situation going on with the heat and humidity. You're down a bunch. There's a lot of John going on out there overall. Um, how hard is it to not, you know, slap back and hit back and, 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 you know, he was losing his composure a little bit here and there. And some people, you know, call him sugar high Josh when he plays, not from, uh, you know, getting pissed at the other side, but just, you know, his, when he used to overthrow people all the time, right before he had the better control. Now, how hard is all of that? The elements when you're playing quarterback, when people are kind of getting in your grill and there's some dirty moves going on and all that. Is is it kind of tough to contain? And when 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 are you able to contain it? Is there is there a moment? Well, you're you know, you're speaking to a guy that really wore his emotions on his sleeve. Sure, when he played, and, and and I I was like that, and it, it worked for it worked for me for a time, and and then it didn't. Right, mm-hmm. uh, when you're at the highest level of competition, there has to be some composure to you. I, I think he's found a, a, a good balance. Okay. I do. He wouldn't be able to be as successful as he's become if he hasn't. Uh, found a balance uh, with that. I mean, hey, just look at his, his his offensive coordinator, his quarterback coach, right? I mean, that guy's hot-headed too. Those two are just, we saw an example of that. Like, I loved it. I, you know, I, you don't want to see that played out publicly for people to see necessarily, but I like how invested he, he is. And that's how Josh Allen is. He expects greatness from everybody around him. And that's what you need in a leader, especially at the quarterback position. So I think he's found a, a, a balance for that and, and sometimes people may not see it but I think those in the organization and probably those who follow him really closely see that he's found a very very good um, acceptance of, of, of that medium ground that has made him great. NFL and college football analyst Ryan Leaf with us the football great of course uh, two overall uh, pick in, in the 98 draft uh, just a wonderful career at Washington State, and I wanted to just end the show uh, or the interview, I should say, with you in terms of this team, and and I'll get your NFL and college storylines too after this, and, and then we'll run. But hey, three and one, you know what? The close game to Oregon. I know it was a tough way it played out at the end, but you know you got three wins on the year. You're three and one overall. A win over Wisconsin out of conference. You, you got to be pretty happy with that, right? Uh, you want to be undefeated. <laughs> we, we we should be we should be four and oh. Should you're, be. You're up twelve. You're up twelve points with six minutes to go. You have to find a way to put your put the foot down on the neck there. That's that's the difference uh, uh, with this team right now. They're young. They have a young head coach. I felt like they got over that a little bit with the how they finished the game against Wisconsin. But as we're seeing, Wisconsin's not that that good of a football team this year. Oregon is when you got a team on the ropes like that with a chance to go to four and zero and really, you know, make a statement. You got to do it. So there's a there's a lot of disappointment in the in the Leaf household uh, around my Cougs right now. I know as a coaching staff and as a team, you have to get back to work, and now you got a Cal team coming in that just ran for two hundred and fifty plus yards. So it, it's important to refocus, but I. You know, this happened Saturday, and I, I just finished my Pac-12 radio show on Sirius XM, and I, I didn't really have a coherent uh, way to analyze it because I'm still 
pretty emotionally attached to that 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 loss from Saturday afternoon. Well, still some time to uh, redeem themselves. They've got three uh, games against top 15 teams, Washington at the end of the year, Utah, and USC as well. Uh, Just in the last maybe 90 seconds or so that I have with you, Ryan, um, wherever you want to take this, you know, some college football storylines and uh, some NFL storylines that are kind of grabbing your attention. Well, I think that the conversation around the gap between one Georgia and everybody else, you know, how wide is that? I, I felt before this weekend, it was pretty significant. Uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't play incredibly in, in particularly well against uh, Kent state this weekend. I have them next week against Auburn. So I'll get to see them in person. But, you know, I, I think that with the idea of, of college football expansion, and going to 12 teams, I, I think people are really going to take a, a, a good look at what that would look like this year. And I think that's the bigger conversation in all this. Also, the NIL concept. Um, I, I think a lot of people thought the rich getting richer would happen with the NIL. And, and I honestly think there's gonna, it's going to make for more parity in college football. Mm-hmm. I think that teams that normally wouldn't maybe get a five-star guy are more likely to so to get one. Uh, simply because instead of being, you know, another big fish in a, in a relatively, um, you know, big pond, let's say at Alabama, maybe my alma mater like Washington State is able to sneak in there and steal a five-star guy because uh, he'll be the only fish in that small pond uh, in, in Pullman, right? He may get all the NIL opportunities and things like that. So I think teams may get some players that normally wouldn't, and the parity in college football may kind of start to even out a little bit more when it's all said and done. ESPN college football game analyst, Sirius XM college football and NFL radio doing a great job. Westwood uh, one sports, uh, Sunfair, and of course a brand ambassador for points bet USA. He is all over the place doing it all covering college ball and the NFL. He is Ryan leaf at Ryan D leaf on Twitter. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. It means a lot and uh, Hey, continued success. You're really, really doing a great job. You bet Mike. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work yourself. Just a loaded pandemonium podcast. And we bring on our second guest of the program. He's crushing it. Covering the Buffalo bills has done so for decades out in the great city uh, of Rochester. Had an opportunity uh, to uh, run into him uh, at the Monday night game in Buffalo with the Titans and the Bills. 13 Wham and Buffalo Plus YouTube sports director. You can go get him on Twitter at Mike Catalana. Mikey, thank you for a few minutes here, pal. How are you? Anytime, Mike. How are you? I'm great. Uh, it was good to see you there uh, Monday night football against the Titans. And obviously this past weekend was just a, a brutally difficult game for the Bills. They lose really close and had their chances, as we know. What does this loss to Miami from your standpoint, mean short-term, and what does it mean long-term? Well, short-term, there's problems. And I think it goes back to the Titans game, obviously. This team is physically beaten up between the injuries and then the guys getting knocked out due to the heat. Uh, I've never seen anything like that. So you combine from Monday night, the short week, into what we saw down there on Sunday. And in the short-term, they're hurting. I mean, they got guys out. They got guys who aren't 100%. And there were moments out there where I felt like Josh Allen was on the field in the third or fourth preseason game uh, because it looked like that. You know, there were so many changes. So that's the short term. It's just they got to get healthy. And it's not something they've really dealt with over the last few years. They've been a very healthy team. And in the long term, it just delays the inevitable. They're a better team than the Dolphins. They will win the division, you know, barring something really major. And I think Miami's got a lot going for them. It's a nice team. They're pretty good. Um, 
but they're not better than the Bills. Uh, and they got them, and they deserved the win, but the Bills outplayed them. They really hurt themselves in that game, and they still had a chance to win it at the end and, and should have. So that's my short-term and uh, long-term look at what that game meant. You know, in, in a game like that too, Mike, one thing goes your way, you know, you, you win the game. I mean, you can go from the the Tyler Bass miss to the Gabe Davis play in the end zone to um, McKenzie getting out of bounds in the end uh, to Allen hitting McKenzie wide open in the corner. We still don't know if his wrist was dinged. Um, there, there's just so many plays that happen in a game. And when it's yep. close like this, one that goes your way, you know, you get the win. What, what, play or sequence do you think ultimately cost the Bills the victory? Well, I mean, it, the one with McKenzie is right there. Josh makes that throw 98 and a half out of 100, and he just threw it into the ground. I don't know if he stepped funny, was the wrist, whatever it was. But I go back earlier than that. If Milano catches that ball, he walks go. in the end zone, yep. and I think it's ball game. Yep. And, he, and, you know, it's funny. He had a pick six. And he's dropped two of them. One mm-hmm. was definitely a pick and might have been a pick six. And this one is a walk-in touchdown because he just, Tua did not see him at all. And he and you see Milano take his step, and then he's right there. He makes that play. He walks in the end zone. It's what? At that point, they would have been up by 11. And they roll to the win, I think. So I'm, I'm simplifying a little bit, but I didn't, you know, I saw the way Miami played. And I, I got to give them credit. Like, that's that's the game the Bills never won against the Patriots when Brady was there. You know, that's that one where they got close, but they never figured out a way to beat them. And Miami figured out a way. Whatever it was, you know, whatever happened in that game, they figured out a way. So give them credit for that. But um, the Bills, like you, you mentioned, all those plays, every one of them changes the game. And honestly, I think they hurt the Bills. Because while they only needed a field goal at the end, and they could have gotten there, if you look at it, if they got a punt from the one-yard line, and, and if they, excuse me, if they punt it from the one-yard line and get it out, I think the Bills get the ball at about the 45, and I know they need a touchdown, but I think Allen still would have had a minute and change, and I think he could have gotten them there. Instead, the McKenzie one... I talked to him after the game and I'm like, what were you doing? He goes, I had the guy on my hip and I thought I could get out of bounds. And then all of a sudden he said, I didn't see Howard. And I don't know, you know, if he takes a knee there, if he just drops to the ground, sure, they could probably get the clock stopped. But I mean, now we're talking about, I mean, you give Bass a chance, but now you're talking about a 60 some odd yard field goal. He did pick up, what'd you think? He picked up another five yards before he got tackled. Yeah. It still would have been a long one, but again, all those things, I know they practiced them and they would have liked to have executed them better. But um, <laughs> I think it's just going to be one of those games we look back on and say the better team didn't win. They eventually proved they're the better team. Talking some Bills football here on the Pandemonium podcast with my guy, Mike Catalana. Get him on Twitter at Mike Catalana. Subscribe to the Terrific Buffalo Plus show on YouTube, and he's, of course, a sports director for that and 13 Wham! out in the great city of Rochester. What is the game plan this week against Lamar Jackson? I mean, we know the Bills have had some success in the past against him. They've used Isaiah McKenzie as sort of like, you know, Lamar Jackson himself uh, as kind of like the, you know, uh, 
you get you know to get used to him the speed the angles yeah. the direction Lamar right now is probably if if you gave an MVP after three weeks we don't do that but if you did it might be Lamar Jackson he's going head to head against another guy in Josh Allen who's an MVP candidate what is the approach defensively with Lamar and also obviously Mike you alluded to it at the beginning of the podcast where uh, of the interview rather that. <laughs> this team is so beaten up. You have to wonder how the injuries will impact what kind of a scheme and, and how they kind of go after this, uh, this guy. Yeah. You know, there's that next man up theory until there's not another man. <laughs> and it gets to that point. Uh, look, they'll say what they want in the scheme. I think what you really are trying to do and what Miami did not do against them. And yet they still ended up beating him is try to limit or eliminate the massive plays. I mean, he, you know, Josh is a great runner. He ain't going 75 for a touchdown. Lamar can go 75. Like, and we've seen him do it. And he is an excellent deep passer. He's got a couple of guys now that can run. Uh, and, you know, he, and he's got his tight end. So he's got guys, but he can make some big, big plays. I think you got to make him work a little bit. He's going to move. And the truth is, I think you outscore the Ravens. I think that's not their defensive game plan. But that's why I say do your best to limit the quick strike scores that he's able to do. That's something the Bills have done in the past where they just don't give up big plays. They really, they didn't really give them up in this game except the one down the middle of the waddle is a big play. Um, but they could, they got a score. That Ravens defense is a bit of a sieve. I mean, they, they've got some issues in the secondary. They have had virtually no pass rush. So, you know, I think it's I, the game we were sort of thinking was going to happen last week for the high scoring game. I think we see it this week. I think Lamar and Allen make plays up and down the field in this one. How concerned are you that they've only won one, you know, game since 2020 by one one score or less? I mean, they they can't seem to finish and close and and do things that championship teams do. Mike, you know, I've heard some guys try to rationalize it. I don't think it's end-all, be-all, because it's happened in different ways in each game. Like, you know, there's been a few games where Josh has done everything. I think back to Tampa last year, where they had a rough first half, and he was phenomenal in the second half. And they lose on the Brady big play in overtime. Defense, who had played well in the second half, couldn't get it done in overtime. Obviously, you look at the Kansas City game, which was, again, the defense just couldn't get a stop when they needed, not even close. Couldn't keep them out of the end zone when they needed. Um, you go back to the Tennessee game, which it goes down to Josh at the end on the fourth down and he doesn't make it. But keep in mind that defense fell apart in the second mm-hmm. half. And, and so to me, it's getting defensive stops late in the game. And, you know, I thought the defense, this game is such an aberration, the Miami one, but I thought the defense made stops. What, what concerns me is, I think the way they play offense and they're so Josh centric that a little bit of the bread and butter isn't there when you need it in some moments, that would be the only thing I would look and say, like, what are they? You want to get the ball to digs, you know, you want to get the ball um, in somebody else's hands to help Josh out because ultimately in certain circumstances, if you're watching the bills late in the game and it's fourth and three and you need four yards, you're thinking, I need Josh Allen to run for the right, first down. Right. I think that's a thought that goes into a lot of people's heads. Mm-hmm. So 
I think sometimes it's that. So that's why I'm saying is it's not one thing. Like the kicker fails or the offense can't get it done or the defense. I think it's been a combination of things. But I would say, honestly, it is a bit of a concern because it's, it's happened. There's my dog going. It's happened, you know, in a multiple games. And sorry about that. That's all right. Keep it coming. It's good podcast, you know. Yeah. I'm going to get away from here. Um, it's happened in multiple games. And, and it's a real thing. So, you know, again, I don't want to rationalize and say no, that it doesn't mean anything. Because uh, I want to see it. I thought we were going to see it, you know, Sunday. They were right there at the goal line and didn't come through. So I think it's an issue. It's not as big as some people make it, but I don't dismiss it. In the final minute I have left with you, is it right now just a case of, you know what, and I know I, I know that coaches and players don't think this way, but we certainly do and fans certainly do. And whether we all matter or don't matter or something in between, whatever, we all think like this. We look at schedules. We kind of play hypotheticals. We're we're yeah. thinking, okay, maybe this is the record at this point, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? The Bills have a bye week early now, which is actually a really good thing considering the roster and how banged up they are. But is it pretty much in your mind, Mike, like me, where I just say, you know what? Go four and two now. You know, go four and two into the bye week. Get that rest. Packers come in. Then you can go on a run with the schedule as well. You know, split with KC and Baltimore and beat Pittsburgh and, and move on. Yeah, I mean, look, in, when you look in hindsight, this is the way I always look at games, right? I always say to myself, how do they look when it happens? And then in hindsight, as it gets farther back in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. And some games hurt you long-term, like that Jacksonville game, because a year ago, I mean, come on, how did they lose to Jacksonville? But it hurt them for the home field advantage, right, where they, they could have had that game at home. Um, I look at this and said, if you told Sean McDermott right now you're – let's just say six and two after eight games, I mean, he's never going to admit it to us. They would take it in a heartbeat, you know, mm-hmm. to look forward five and two, whatever the number ends up being and being like you said, four and two, and then get that break. And then maybe that's when Trey white comes back, you know, and what they do and get other guys healthy. I think they would take it. It's, it's a long-term season. Um, I had them what 13 and four on the year. Uh, it's a long year. When you think about that, I'm saying to you, 17 games. This Dolphins game is going to be way in the rearview mirror. It's not even like, and I compared the loss to the Patriots game last year because it was crazy weather and the Patriots left thinking they might be the better team and their quarterback was good. And, you know, they got exposed. I, I think the Dolphins are better than them. And that game was in December. But sometimes that game in that moment, you're like, what happened? And the Bills turned that around within a month. They've got a whole season to do it. I still think they have the best roster in the AFC. They have the best quarterback. They have a lot going for them. I know everybody's bummed about, Bills fans bummed about what happened on Sunday in Miami. But I think in the long run, you're right. You get through these few games, get healthier, get to that bye week, and then go on a run. Yep, and get Trey White back. Mike Catalana is, uh, of course, a terrific Buffalo Bills insider and uh, sports director for Buffalo Plus YouTube. Make sure you go subscribe to that wonderful show. And 13 Wham! out in the awesome city of Rochester on Twitter, at Mike Catalana. Mike, you are the best. Thank you so much, and uh, have a great rest of the week, my friend. All right, anytime, Mike. I'm going to share a few thoughts here in the final minutes of the podcast on the game in Miami and kind of look ahead to the Ravens here. Um, you know, first and foremost, obviously the challenges were there, right? I mean, we, we all know. 
the heat and humidity. The Bills didn't have the sideline uh, that was protected. Um, you know, Miami obviously plays, you know, to, to their home field advantage in that way. We've seen that before in sports for 100 years. Uh, Red Arback used to turn on the, uh, turn up the heat in the, in the old Boston Garden in the away locker room, and he'd have, you know, air condition for the Celtics. Um, you know, so, so all these things happen in sports. Think, things are difficult. The Bills injuries, I mean, you just cannot, sometimes you just can't overcome some of them. Um, you know, Ed Oliver being out, Poyer being out, Micah Hyde out and out for the year. Um, you know, there were guys dropping like flies from the heat and humidity. The offensive line was all banged up all over the place. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, they had a lot, you know, the ground game again was horrific. Uh, so that didn't help Josh Allen as well. However, however, the Bills really should have won this game. Um, and I hate the whole shoulda, coulda, woulda stuff afterwards. And I know that the referees weren't great either. There was a questionable call on Jaquan Johnson. I thought Gabe Davis caught the ball in the end zone, but apparently I'm, I'm wrong on that. But, man, I've seen it a million times. It looked like he had quick control and two feet down. I, you know, the defender comes in, bats it away. Okay, whatever. It just it looked like a catch to me and on replay a lot I, without, you know, knowing which – frame to freeze it in it just it looked kind of like a catch um there was just awful officiating in this game um you know the Dolphins didn't get called for really any of their dirty plays that happened during the entire game I know Allen lost his cool in terms of you know shoving the helmet down on Ingram and getting mad at him um but Ingram came in and you know in in, in basically swift kicked him right in the nuts I mean you could like you got to call that stuff. What about the Dawson Knox play where the helmet to helmet happened? They didn't call that. That was blatant and right in front of the officials. So uh, the, the fishing was brutal. It wasn't the reason why the bills lost the game, but it was kind of like, man, you know, cheese, you know, you, can you get one or two of those, you know, a game? I mean, my God, out of all of them, um, this game was frustrating because, you know, again, it's a close game. It's a, it's a one score game or less. And the bills haven't won a, a, a one score game in you know, in two years. And they've had trouble finishing. I'm not even going to go down the road, the rabbit hole again, with what happened in Kansas City last year uh, in the postseason. Uh, they've lost a lot of close games. This Bills team, it seems as though they just kind of know how to win one way, and that's blowing you out. Could be dangerous down the road. Um, I'm not going to overreact a ton right now because they only lost by two against Miami and, and had a million shots to win it. Um, but, but it, if it keeps happening here, the next, you know, four to six weeks, we're going to, we're going to have to talk about it more. Um, Josh Allen was simply incredible in this football game. I know he missed the throw, um, you know, late to McKenzie in the end zone. He makes that as Mike Catalana said, 98 and a half times out of a hundred. Um, you know, was it the wrist being dinged up? I don't know. Was it something else? Concentration? I, you know, I don't know. Was he fatigued? I don't know. Um, but I, I, what I do know is this guy went for 42 of 63 for 400 yards and had a QBR of 60.4 and a rating of 94.7 with zero ground game and all those challenges and the offensive line completely and utterly just ruined, uh, in this game, mainly Mitch Morris being out at center really hurt them in this game. Van Roten had that, you know, just a really, really rough game. And, uh, as we know, at the end of the first half, uh, he goes to snap the ball and it, it's not a clean snap. It kind of goes up. Uh, Allen's leg drops to the ground. Allen then can't not he can't pick it up and then spike it because then that becomes an intentional grounding penalty because the ball already hit the ground. It can't hit it twice off the quarterback's hands from a snap. Um, you know, so he couldn't do that. So he flung it out to the side to Diggs to try to catch the Dolphins off guard. It was not a planned play. 
It was just how the ball bounced uh, Van Roten to Allen. It was just a bad snap. So Allen had really a, a brutal offensive line for the most part outside of Deion Dawkins, um, you know, on the left side and, and, and a little bit of Saffold there, um, you know, but but Allen was sim- simply sensational. I mean, he almost willed him to win uh, to the victory by himself. Uh, eight carries, 47 yards uh, on the ground as well. He was the leading rusher for this Bills team. And, um, you know, the Bills have really got to figure out you know, a way to run the ball at least a little bit more. Um, you know, and then you look at the sharing of the football. I mean, Singletary was a security blanket. He caught uh, 9 for 78 in a touchdown. McKenzie, 7 for 76 in a touchdown. Diggs, 7 for 74. Gabe Davis, 3 for 37. James Cook, 4 for 37. Knox, 4 for 25. Gilliam, 2 for 22. Uh, Quentin Morris, 2 for 22. Jake Kumaro, 2 for 14. You know, so a lot of guys got in at Jamison Crowder, one catch, nine yards, and Zach Moss, one for six. Um, so a lot of guys got involved. Um, the bills, gosh, I mean, they, they, they got the butt punt right with the safety and they still got the ball back. It was a hell of a punt by their punter, uh, to get it all the way down the field, but the bills still had a chance then to drive it down. And, um, you know, the, the, the horrible holding call by Questenberry, I mean, my God, he got blown up like crazy and, uh, you know, it's just the way the cookie crumbles and, um, you know, the Bills get that penalty. It becomes more of a field, more of a challenge. Um, Allen ends up getting up there, throws it to McKenzie, and he's got a guy kind of chasing after him behind. He's at an angle. They're not motioning for him to get to the sideline. They don't have any more timeouts. And McKenzie didn't get out of bounds, and he just kind of went down, and then the Bills couldn't spike it. Um, from there, it would have been, I think, about a 52 or 53-yard field goal uh, for Tyler Bass, maybe a little bit longer. Um but just was a difficult game. You know, it was a difficult game. A lot of challenges, the heat and humidity, uh, all the injuries, um, guys dropping like flies from the heat and humidity. Uh, it was a physical game. Miami came at Buffalo big time. Uh, when they blitz Josh Allen, mostly Josh Allen can break you down and dissect you. But because the Dolphins kept coming and coming and coming and coming and not giving up on that game plan, eventually they had uh, some cracks on the Bills side. Devin Singletary missing a block. Allen fumbles the ball, boom, basically gives a free touchdown to the Dolphins. And oh, by the way, shortly after that, you look, you thought maybe, hey, the Bills have a stop here. They jump off sides. So there were just those types of things going on in this game. Um, you know, Baker and Holland and Jones, they were all over the place in this game. Um, you know, the Dolphins had four sacks on Josh Allen. That's no bueno for the Bills' offensive line. You've got to keep him upright. You've got to keep him, keep him safe and protected. Uh, but again, the O-line was dinged into. I thought overall that the defense was outstanding in this football game. I mean, they limited Miami to 21 points. They limited Tyreek Hill to two catches and 33 yards. If you had gone into the game and said, hey, Waddle and Hill are going to have six catches total with 135 yards combined and no touchdowns and not a lot of big plays, um, you know, would you take that? Without Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, without, you know, uh, still without Trey White, right? without Dane Jackson, and oh, Christian Benford's going to break his friggin' hand in this game too. H- how do you feel about that? You know, you, you had to pull Jamarcus Ingram, you know, a, a, a practice squad corner, um, you know, from the scrap heap, and, and he went in there and hung in there, you know. 
Uh, Greg Rousseau, another great game. Sack and a half, three total tackles, two were solo, right? DeMar Hamlin played pretty well. Matt Milano should have had a pick six. That probably would have won the game. Tremaine Edmonds did his thing, filled in gaps. Jaquan Johnson, I thought, played a good game. Taron Johnson might have been the best defensive player on the field for the Buffalo Bills. So I thought the defense was absolutely fantastic. And as far as the Miami ground game, they did nothing. They had 41 yards of total running off offense. And um, and they really just, the Bills defense really took it to Miami. And I thought it was an unfortunate situation for the Bills because they, you know, ran 90 plays. They had over 40 minutes of possession, which was about double what Miami had. They had way more first downs in Miami. I mean, they dominated them. They dominated them from the box score, from the numbers, A to Z. But it's just how football works. Um, you know, certain breaks didn't go the Bills' way. They did make some crucial mistakes. Miami had big-time plays in big-time spots, one of which was in the fourth quarter, when or early in the fourth. You know, Tua Tunga Viola just guns it down there to, in the middle. How many times can you get beat with, you know, prevent and cover defense if you're the Bills? I mean, how many times... Are you going to rush three or four guys and have everybody go back and then be like, oh, well, you know, we'll hopefully get some help down the middle of the field if it comes to that. Well, you know what? How'd that work in Kansas City last year? How has it worked a million other times? How has it worked? You know, how did it work in this game? It doesn't work well, okay? That's, that's the answer, okay? It doesn't work well, you know? Rush more than three guys. Get after a little bit. Go with a different defensive approach. Quit this cover two crap and this prevent stuff and go try to make a play, you know? That was the one play that Jalen Waddle really got down the middle that hurt the Bills uh, in this game. I also don't know how Tua Tunga Viola passed concussion protocol. I have no idea. They were trying to say it's a back. Come on, man. He went right down to the ground, smashes his head, and he's wobbling all over the place. That's not a back injury. That's a head injury. And the NFL is talking about protecting your head injuries and you know keeping guys safe and this and that. But somehow Tua went right out on the field and... Uh, you know, played. And I, I just, I don't know how he cleared that protocol. The Dolphins are being investigated for it. Uh, Ken Dorsey, you heard Ryan Leaf talk about it in, in the podcast <laughs> earlier with, uh, with with him smashing the tablet and going nuts up there when McKenzie didn't get out of bounds. That's just a fiery OC. That's what you want to see, the passion, the love for the game, uh, the, the want to win so bad. I mean, he's the winningest quarterback in college football history, that guy wants to win every single play, every single down, every single game. He wants to win, win, win no matter what. And so uh, you got to love that passion out of that guy. Uh, does he need to be more composed? I mean, look, Sean McDermott said he does. Ken Dorsey admitted he does. But at the end of the day, those things are going to happen once or twice during a regular season. There's just so much riding on all these games, and that's what makes the NFL a beautiful, beautiful thing. So huge thanks to Mike Catalana. Huge thanks to Ryan Lee for joining me. This is the Pandemonium Podcast on the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review where you get podcasts on your smartphone device. Go subscribe to the Built-In Buffalo YouTube page. Get us all over on all the other social media platforms. We're going up and up and up and up every day. Seven days of content, articles, video, audio, you name it. The Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. This is the Pandemonium Podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Lindsley, and you can get me as well at Mike L Sports. 
Thanks for listening. Let's see what they do against the Ravens this week. It's going to be a very difficult game, obviously a road game. Uh, Lamar Jackson playing at MVP level, but the defense can be had. Baltimore is, is pretty weak, uh, you know, more than normal, um, and the Bills uh, will see what the health report looks like. I mean, I would say that my pick on, you know, for this game goes basically right to the injury report. Who is available and how much does number 17 have to do? on the road against another pretty darn good football team. Thanks again for listening. As I always tell you, enjoy the games.